It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is episode 16 of This Week in Fantasy as we head into the week 14 slate of the NFL season. And of course, uh, for most of you out there, I'm sure some leagues are still heading into their last week of the regular season, but a lot of leagues heading into playoffs this week. So big week for a lot of you. Good luck to everybody, obviously. And um, let's get right to it because Sigmund Bloom joined me for a, for a good amount of time and broke down the entire uh, week 14 slate for us, um, gave his thoughts on every single game and, of course, uh, went inside his mind at the end as well. But a lot of really good stuff on every single game this week to help you get set. So let's get right to it. Here he is, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. And as always, I'd like to welcome in our weekly guest. You can follow him over at footballguys.com, hoopsguys.com, as well as the co-owner over there. And of course, uh, eight days a week, well, eight times seven days a week, the Audible Podcast. Uh, and of course, you can follow me on Twitter at his name, at Sigmund Bloom. Mr. Sigmund Bloom, what's up, brother? How are you? Oh, it's the fantasy playoffs. It's time to overthink everything. It's time to overanalyze, use your intelligence against you, come up with reasons to undermine any decision you feel sure about. So the reality is, you know, this is the best time of year to just look at your lineup once, set it, and forget it. Yeah, I totally agree. You don't get to this point and and then get, you know, get, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Get cute. You know what I mean? Like, start your guys. Uh, again, now your guys can be people who have, you know, wouldn't you wouldn't have expected to be your guys, but you do know who your guys are. All right, well, speaking of that, Sigmund, why don't we, uh, we jump right in, and uh, I feel like the best thing we can do is just try and get to as many players as we can in the short period of time that we have to just try and hit as many people and obviously DFS uh DFS rails on until week 17 no playoffs needed so that's always fun as well uh so uh let's jump in uh why don't we start with the one o'clock games before we get in the mind of of you a little later uh let's start in Buffalo Pittsburgh oh your team heading in we just had a quick offline combo about them uh well how do you feel about this game uh and in general like just give me kind of your your quick one player or like general quick thought on the game if you'd like but um you know uh, go for it 
Sure, I I don't mind Ben Roethlisberger, even though he's on the road. Let's watch the weather. You know, they're saying like some snow and weather in the 30s and some moderate wind. You know, we'll see if that gets any worse. But I think Roethlisberger, with the new pass offense, that third option now with Ladarius Green, because Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown give defenses a lot to think about. You put Green in matchups one-on-one uh, with a player that's smaller or slower or both. Uh, he's going to get open, and Roethlisberger clearly has good chemistry with him, even though they didn't even practice together this offseason. So I see Green playing half—he played half the snaps last week, under half, actually, and had six for 110 and a touchdown. So you can see the emphasis there. I, I would have him as a, my number five tight end this week right now, only playing Kelsey, Eifert, Graham, and Delaney Walker over him. Wow, yeah, and obviously a great DFS play as his price hasn't caught up with the— the production, 11 targets last week, too, which you like to see. All right, let's go to Tennessee. Denver in town, uh, kind of uh, not a lot of offensive firepower in this one. What do you think about this? Yeah, I think that this is a bad matchup for Denver because their strength of their defense, their corners, Tennessee isn't going to really uh, test. Oh, you take away Rashard Matthews and Tajay Sharp and Kendall Wright. Oh, what what's Tennessee going to do? They're going to run the ball. I run the ball a lot, which is how <laughs> Oakland, Oakland thumped Denver about a month ago. Yeah. Uh, with like 40 carries for over 200 yards. That's what Tennessee's shooting for in this game. So I think Derrick Henry might be somebody that if you're desperate at running back, may sneak into your lineup. DeMarco Murray looks like a good play here. And remember, Henry was clearly outplaying Murray going into the bye, and the Titans were talking about giving Murray goal line looks, short yardage looks over Henry, who seems like he's slow. I mean, over Murray, who seems like he's slowing down. I also love Delaney Walker in that matchup. Denver has trouble uh, covering tight ends. Whether it's Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch, uh, Denver's offense is starting to nosedive. Justin Forsett was just signed. Mm-hmm. He's going to, and he, remember, he had his best season under Kubiak Truth. in Baltimore. Yeah. So look for Forsett to get some work here. And Devontae Booker, uh, somebody that you probably want to keep away from your lineup if possible this week. Yeah, he's really disappointed. I wish we could skip this next game, but uh, maybe I'll just stop listening for a second and you tell the audience about uh, Washington and Philly. Ha! Well, <laughs> uh, Philly's playing... I, I, I would say they're playing better than Cleveland. Oh, um, God, barely. I don't know. You know, they're you know, the trend could reverse whiplash style. They're going home. It's a divisional opponent. It can happen. But if we're looking at the trends going into this game, you like Kirk Cousins. You like Rob Kelly. Uh, you like Jamison Crowder. We'll see if uh, Jordan Reed will be back. On the Philly side, I don't think you can trust anybody. The Matthewses are going to be back. So you have another mouth to beat in the backfield uh you have another receiver uh i think this is a team isn't it amazing how we come full circle this is where we expected the eagles to be this year it took a little while but now they're there and you can see carson Wentz, by the way with some bad habits some very rookie like roughness around the edges so in his case you know the season might be better the sooner it can get over for him so he doesn't get imprinted with some bad habits yeah no he's definitely gonna have some stuff to work on in the offseason and uh Obviously, it definitely uh, was a little more painful to get to five and seven <laughs> than uh, than if it had gone the other way. But I could see them losing out at this point. I mean, they're not a very good football team right now, and definitely like all of Washington's offense this week. Uh, all right, Miami uh, hosting the Cardinals, who are also a disappointing season. Toughest call this week is Jay Jai. Uh, four of the five starters back on the Dolphins offensive line. They uh, opened up some holes against the number one ranked Ravens run defense. But uh, Arizona's got a good run defense of their own. And even though this game's in Miami, uh, Carson Palmer, as we saw Joe Flacco do, you know, he's going to throw downfield and test Miami's pass defense, which was woeful against Joe Flacco. They made Joe Flacco look elite. Mm. 
Yeah, they did. It made it look like he was worth the money last week. So, Crazy. Um, is going to be a boomer bust play this week. On the Arizona side, you, you know the hits. You play him, Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson, which means because of the matchup that Carson Palmer becomes a real interesting play here. Is he had a good week last week against Washington. And, and again, um, Baltimore showed, you know, don't even bother running the ball against Miami. Just pass, and you're going to be successful. Yeah, and David Johnson, man, he is a, a monster. All right, uh, let's go from uh, one of the two most disappointing teams this season to the other one in Carolina hosting San Diego. I stay away from Cam Newton, honestly. I mean, I'm not saying bench him for, you know, don't bench him for Marcus Mariota against Denver, but uh, it makes me worried about Kelvin Benjamin. Notice that Greg Olson, not in my top five tight ends. My number eight tight end this week, so it's not, again, it's not Benchim. I've got Cameron Brait and Eric Ebron ahead of him. I, you know, Zach Ertz back at Philly. Maybe I'd play Ertz over him this week. I, I wouldn't talk you out of it in a PPR league. Uh, and on the San Diego side, Tyrell Williams looked okay. Uh, Carolina's in, inexperienced corners. Uh, and also, Carolina has trouble defending the tight end, so this could be a good week for Antonio Gates to get another touchdown or two to catch up to Tony Gonzalez on that all-time list. Also, uh, Phillip Rivers was like a safe play against Carolina's pass defense. Yeah, I love Tyrell Williams and that and just the passing game against Carolina. Carolina, what a bummer this season in general. Just very disappointing. I enjoyed that run last year and agree on the Ertz call. He's soft and and he'll, he'll you know avoid any contact he can. But uh, I think he has a good week against Washington. He's really like as you said, one of the uh, few weapons uh, as we've talked about in the offense. All right, uh, Detroit or excuse me, Cleveland. I, I tried to like I think I instinctively just overlooked the Browns like everybody else cleveland hosting cincinnati and what could be an ugly one start your Bengals, you know start jeremy hill start andy dalton start tyler eifert even brandon lafell uh, tyler boyd if you're looking for a wide receiver off of the waiver wire rg3 is going to get the start for cleveland at least all signs point to it uh he could be an interesting option if you're scraping the bottom of the barrel at quarterback because of his running upside, because of the deep ball upside. He didn't have Corey Coleman in that first week. Remember when the Eagles' defense looked really good? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, that was it's fun. Still, it feels so long ago. It really does. We aren't going to hold, you know, a few weeks later, they made Ben Roethlisberger look pretty bad. So we might not hold that first week against Griffin and see what he can do with Hugh Jackson, Terrell Pryor, Corey Coleman, Gary Barnage, Duke Johnson. Uh, it could be intriguing to see, you know, in DFS, like your GPP, where you're looking for a 25 or 30 point quarterback that maybe nobody else is going to have, RG3 could be your guy. Yeah, I also speaking of DFS, love Brandon LaFell in DFS this week. He's also very uh, cheap compared to the uh, opportunity that he'll have against a uh, obviously really bad defense right now. All right, Detroit hosting Chicago, another uh, you know uh, one good team and one team that looks uh, looks ready to pack it in as well. Yeah, I would say uh, you like Matthew Stafford. You love Golden Tate. He's flying high right he's now. He's great, man. Yeah, yeah he, he's finally hitting his he really hitting his stride for them. Watch Marvin Jones' practice participation. You're not going to go back to him or Anquan Bold. And Eric Ebron is the same thing, high floor, low ceiling, tight end play. On the Chicago side, well, there's Jordan Howard. Uh, he's that shelter. He has been all year. You're going to stick with Jordan Howard in your lineup. But otherwise, you know, Matt Barkley, uh, this isn't San Francisco. Detroit's defense is coming on. Ask Drew Brees, who he picked, uh, got picked off three times by Detroit last week in the Superdome. Yeah, I uh, I watch Matt Barkley play uh, in, you know, in Philadelphia. He's awful. Uh, you know, we, there were those reports about like, ooh, the Bears could be looking at Matt Barkley long term. No. They're not. He's awful. So uh, with you there. But I love Jordan Howard, especially uh, also very uh, uh, cheaply priced in DFS again 
surprisingly. All right, Indy hosting Houston in a uh, battle for the AFC South, potentially, with uh, Tennessee still in play, obviously, as well. It should be a massive game for Andrew Luck. If you like to go with your chalk, expensive quarterback in DFS, it's Andrew Luck. It's got to be at home against Houston, and that's usually money for T.Y. Hilton. I think Dante Moncrief have touchdowns in four straight games, so he's looking like a good play this week, uh, a good high-floor play. Even Frank Gore against Houston, uh, I think, is a solid 60, 80, 100 total yards with a good chance at a touchdown on the Houston side. Brock Osweiler becomes interesting. He had 269 and two touchdowns the first time out. Will Fuller's getting a little healthier. DeAndre Hopkins. If you see Osweiler having to throw 40 or 45 times to keep up with Andrew Luck, then he, you look through, if you have to pick someone out of, say, the bottom 15 quarterbacks to start, Osweiler becomes very interesting. Lamar Miller, I try to stay away from those. I, again, I expect Indy to set the pace and uh, Houston to have to catch up, which means less of Miller, more of Osweiler this week. Yeah, I agree with everything except I I don't. I will say to whoever out there does start Brock Osweiler in any format, whether DFS or season long or you know playoffs. Wow, uh, uh, you got bigger balls than I do because that would that would take him. But uh, you know you're right. I mean, at least uh, logically, uh, uh, you could see how it could play out. Where in terms of value for the bang for the buck, he could end up being a really Nice play. All right, uh, last of the 1 o'clock slate, Jacksonville hosting Minnesota. Another uh, kind of potentially yeah. ugly one here. Uh, stay away from all the Jags. Uh, yeah. Minnesota defense is looking good, even without Harrison Smith. Uh, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are good high-floor PPR plays, with Sam Bradford probably throwing 40 times, completing 30 of them for 200 yards. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you, you, you like that PPR. Again, as an Eagles fan. You oh, I mean, just the idea that Bradford's throwing between 40 and 50 times, I mean, that's like, whew. Well, with their offensive line, yeah, uh, no, no, I don't get, have yeah. much of a choice. It's so ugly. this is a game that the defense might outscore the offense. Wow. Wow. Uh, all right. Uh, 4.05, uh, uh, 4 o'clock window as we get to here. San Francisco has seen the Jets. It seems like there are some ugly games this week, Sigmund. Yeah, last week we had four good afternoon games. This week, well... San Francisco Jets with tons of top three draft implications. Um, oh, yes. Great point. Matt Forte has upside, has a low floor, though, with Bryce Petty. Uh, Colin Kaepernick has upside, has a low floor. As we saw him play a total dud, like take teams down with him last week. So if Carlos Hyde's your one guy here, even against the Jets run defense, you expect to get 20 to 25 carries. He'll break a few. Uh, I think Hyde is the one guy you can trust in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, I guess... Uh, Forte, I don't know. This is an ugly, ugly game. I agree. It's a, I want very little to do with it if possible. Uh, Tampa Bay hosting New Orleans, kind of the flip side here, at least from a fantasy perspective. Uh, we're going to see about uh, Doug Martin. Watch this just because Jaquiz Rogers might get a larger workload and Charles Sims might come back this week. But if Sims doesn't come back, uh, Martin could be a solid play here on the New Orleans side. Even though Tampa's defense is on fire right now, I still think you stick with Drew Brees unless, you know, it's Andrew Luck or someone like that is the only options over him. You stick with guys like Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks. Kobe Fleener doesn't have to share with Josh Hill. Mark Ingram is the guy who worries me here. He's been getting banged up, even though he's playing really well. You wonder if he's going to make it through the game. You also wonder if they're going to run much uh, against this Tampa defense. Uh, there are some vulnerabilities deep, so it only takes, you know, last week, Tyrell Williams and Dontrell Inman got free for long touchdowns. So Brandon Cooks is a guy I think you should stick with, even though Tampa's defense is looking like one of the best in the league right now. Yeah, I agree. Tampa's D looking good, but definitely, like you said, definitely better against the run. Uh, and also, uh, as far as DFS goes, we mentioned this last week when we were talking, but um, 
the concept of of if some team or players are really highly owned one week and, and do poorly, they can sometimes be lower on the next week. So maybe you see that with New Orleans a little bit. All right, Los Angeles hosting Atlanta. Don't play Todd Gurley. Uh, yeah, Kenny Britt is a garbage time play, maybe. Uh, you, you like Julio Jones in a bounce back. Let's watch his practice participation. If Jones looks like he might be limited in this game, Taylor Gabriel becomes really interesting in this one. as He's been so explosive, and he just missed scoring a touchdown last week. The play got called back by penalty, but the point is they're giving him those touches in the red zone. He's converting them. And uh, against the L.A. defense that can be undisciplined over pursue you could easily see just like against philadelphia and those cornerbacks mm-hmm. gabriel get free for a 74 yard touchdown it could happen so gabriel's a guy i'm really interested in yeah i like that one all right green bay hosting seattle the earl thomas list seattle yeah well and that, you know that helps the case to keep aaron Rodgers in your lineup um certainly the backfield's a mess there. Ty Montgomery might lead the backfield again he's a hail mary play Devonte adams is a boom bust play randall cobb is uh, really just a low floor, low ceiling play. It, it's, it all revolves around Rodgers and Jordy Nelson, of course. On the Seattle side, I like Russell Wilson. Uh, Green Bay's corners are terrible. Russell Wilson's starting to play well. Thomas Rawls is running well. T- T- Tyler Lockett did enough to get back in consideration. But this hey, yeah, finally, team, right? He had yeah, Tyler Lockett week we've just been waiting time, for. <laughs> just in time to give you a second thought when you're setting your line. I know. So, and, and also when you're looking for that DFS home run play. Yeah, right. You'll get back to him. But I actually think this is a Doug Baldwin week because all of these corners for Green Bay can be beat one on one easily. And we know that's where Wilson uh, and Baldwin do their magic in the red zone. So I expect a Wilson to Baldwin big game. All right. Uh, Sunday nighter, uh, two teams I hate with a passion Dallas uh, in New York. You, know, you go back to Dak Prescott, you go back uh, to uh, the Dallas offense in general after a tough week against Minnesota. And they have a rest uh, with the Giants. It, it's been interesting that Dallas has been able to slow down Odell Beckham. Not that you're going to bench him. Maybe you go away from him in DFS leagues. But um, Dallas can take care of business here, clinch the number one seed, clinch the division, uh, clinch the first round by, all that Yikes. good stuff. Uh, on the road, though. So I, I think that for the, for the Giants, uh, just watching where they played against my Steelers last week, um, this team's going the wrong direction right now. They just lost Jason Pierre-Paul. So uh, for the Cowboy haters out there, I, I, I would love to give you some sort of story that the Giants uh, find a way here. But, you know, this is a Giants team. So I, since you said you hate both of these teams, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the Giants have to play Detroit. They still have to play at Philadelphia and at Washington. So there's no guarantee they're going to win another game this year. Yeah. Uh, no, I know. And they're not very good to begin with, the Giants, but... You know, this year it seems like they'll pull it out. All right, New England hosting Baltimore on Monday night. I'm sure two teams that you like uh, very little. Yeah, well, I respect the Patriots, you know. Uh, The Ravens, these are blood foes. But the the Ravens and the Steelers are so similar to each other. It's kind of hard. It's like like your your brother, like you fight hard against your brother. But also there's there's some sort of mutual respect there. Uh, Expect Tom Brady to throw the ball 45 or 50 times in this game. So Malcolm Mitchell's looking good in PPR leagues. Julian Edelman. Uh, Deion Lewis had almost all of his touches, all but one in the first half last week. If this is a competitive game, Baltimore's usually very competitive with New England. Deion Lewis could be a great play this week. I'd stay away from LeGarrette Blunt. Why would Bill Belichick give Blunt more than eight or ten carries in this game? The Ravens have the number one rush defense. Every other matchup on the field looks better than running LeGarrette Blunt. You 
lost Rob Gronkowski's blocking. Martellus Bennett is hurt. Stay away from him. You've lost his excellent blocking, at least as a factor in the running game. You spread the field. You throw a lot of quick, short passes on the Baltimore side. There's just so many mouths to feed in this pass offense, even in the backfield split between West and Dixon. Dennis Pitta finally comes alive. I think Flacco could be an interesting play as a DFS play or as a streaming quarterback if you don't have an obvious choice. Uh, I think this is going to be a, an extremely entertaining game and one that I will be clearly, let's go Patriots. Uh, yeah. and hopefully the Steelers can start, get a little bit of breathing room. Yeah, some great points there. This is not a week to uh, get excited about your Patriots. That Baltimore D is, is really playing well, and obviously Doomerville back, Smith back, so uh, strong in it. All right, uh, enough with this football. Uh, who cares about that? Let's get into what we care about. Inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom, I've gone the last couple weeks by getting your favorites, so I'm going to spin it around and and get to the darker side, and and we're gonna get some least favorites. Not very dark though. We're 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 doing light stuff here. I'm not getting too. Uh, we we've definitely gone uh, gone deeper, and I'm sure we will again. But uh, let's let's start with an easy one. I want to get your least favorite sports team, and maybe we just hit them. But for any reason, it can be rival. It can be just you don't like the way they run. What yeah, sports yeah. team do you not yeah. like? Yeah, Duke. Duke basketball. Nice, good answer. Duke, I mean, and and. and... The New York Yankees, like the early 2000 New York Yankees, would oh, probably yeah. take be the first lead here. Yeah, but agreed. Duke basketball, it's joyless, you know. I, I totally mean, agree. I hate Duke. I can't like I hate Duke. They're it's like the it's like the the team they get everybody they want. They play that very a linear sort of rigid style game. They've had some good individual players. That's the thing. Duke players almost always underperform in the NBA, but uh, there's a lot of college basketball games, teams that are easy to root against. But ever since Christian Leitner's shot, oh, after yeah. he stopped the Kentucky player, I was supposed to be at that game. Wow. I was in Philly. high school. Yeah. My, I was a stock boy at Foodland, and my boss knew the commissioner of the A-10, and I think it was at the host school for that game. It was, in, it was at the Spectrum. Spectrum, and the host school correct. was uh, maybe Temple? It was either um, Temple or Villanova, I would guess. I think it was Temple because the A-10 commissioner was supposed to get Oh, then tickets. it was probably Temple, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, well, I didn't go to the game, but I did have a lifelong hatred of Duke to carry. Yeah, about that. That's a great first answer. All right, celebrity. I, in a sense, like, who is the one famous person? You're just like, I don't, I don't get it. Why is this person famous? Why do people like this person? Tom Cruise. Wow, coming in hot. Yeah, looks like a, a rat, you know? <laughs> The manic smile. Yeah, just he just. What's the appeal? The the fake confidence. You know the manic smile. The sign. Well, I don't know if there are any sign. You have a big Scientology listener base. No, I have no problem with you uh, going yeah. for the Scientology thing. Just watch, watch going clear. So yeah, Tom Cruise. I've never understood the appeal. I've never understood. You know, Show me the money. <laughs> What? How did that become a catch? Uh, it did. It's good. Wait a second. I, I, I've heard I, I, things about our country to make good you understand in some that things. Like there are times yeah. I have liked Tom Cruise, but I certainly think on the whole he is a uh, he may, he's in decent movies a fair amount too. Sure. Like, but um, I, I could totally see it, man. I could. Totally, he definitely comes off as fake always, he, whether yeah. it's in you know what the few press stuff he does, whatever it is. But. That is a strong answer. All right. What is the one food you will never eat no matter what you'll get? If it's on the menu, you'll say, I won't eat it. If it has it, what is it? Mm. Head cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. Like, I just go, go back to food. My brain's still back at Foodland in Bentleyville. Uh, but I remember in this case, of, you know, 
or like down here in Austin, like the like authentic barbacoa, you know, where it's like base meat of, of the cow. Like I just want to stay. I, I have a problem with divorcing the idea of what the meat was from, you know, I'll make a few exceptions, but for the most part, if I know it was part of a head, like it had eyes and it could sure. make an expression at me, uh, then I probably won't eat it. I like it. I like it. All right, two more. I'm going to go with a five-pack here. And this one's kind of because uh, you're in my age group, a little bit older. Uh, probably even a better question for you. But what is your uh, least favorite technological advancement? What are you just like, I wish that this didn't happen? Obviously not including, you know, on a lighter side. We're not talking, you know, the atom bomb or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, that one's tough. That one's tough because I tend to be uh, like – the opposite of the stick in the mud where i think that people are way too uptight and p- blame things on technology totally that really, really people it's always people you yeah. know so if people are starting to speak in like write in acronyms and emojis that's just evolution of language that's how language evolves like get with it so i'm not really that that's awesome that could be your I, answer i like that yeah, there I is mean, none because you're you're yeah. in but it's, but I'm not somebody who adopts technology and in, integrates it into my life uh, like other people do too. So you know, like I, for instance, I'll give you one like the Apple Watch. Yeah, you know? I totally agree with that. What was the I, point no, of that? No. Why do we the need Bluetooth, that? I'll give you one just on pure aesthetics: the Bluetooth earpiece. Oh yeah, it looks. And it just looks. You know, you're talking douchey. to the air. <laughs> and the, first, the problem was the initial adopters of it were people who are very self-important. Yes. And would walk around and talking in a voice projecting like usually people who were wearing suits or otherwise. And you know, I'm revealing so much about myself here. Um, so I think they gave it a negative connotation to begin with. And I've just never been able to shake it. All right. Last one. Uh entertainment like movie mu- tv music or whatever but like essentially like your guilty ple- like what's your least favorite but you watch it and you're like why why do i watch this or why do i listen to this guilty ple- see now i'm a terrible snob about Ooh, books like and movie and, and and tv and music okay so i think that everything i like is really good and i think that a lot of the things that other people like are not good okay um i, I i'll take some things to my grave about how how bad you know don't even get me started on like lost uh-uh. but i'll say this um the one music since we talk music a lot the music uh-huh. that I, I it makes me happy i dance around my kitchen and it feels like it's a guilty pleasure because so many people uh i i, I, I they make faces if i say i love jamiroquai which you know so like who what uh but you know just the the sort of dance disco um upbeat outfit you've seen napoleon dynamite i, you know, I love candide i love Richard. i love i don't know that i'm not a big time like i never got into jamiroquai enough to really like know their stuff well sure. but like this stuff i know i really like a lot it makes you happy it's happy yeah, it's, it's really like feel good you know it's like positive yeah. and upbeat and fun exactly exactly I totally agree. so i don't understand why people will turn their nose up at jamiroquai because it's just music that makes you feel good Strong answers, as always. Sigmund, anything uh, outside the norm to promote? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, Dynasty Leaguers out there, we do a fun series, and I do a fun series that I write um, where we go, you know, you lose at the end of the season, your season's over, and one of the nice things about Dynasty is you, you clear the deck of extra players you had for depth, and you get to, to plant some seeds, some practice squad players, deep sleepers. And this, these are the kinds of uh, things that produce, like Tyrell Williams and Terrell Pryor were on this list oh, last wow. year. Uh, 
So uh, th- this is one of my favorite. The genesis of how I really got into fantasy sports, playing these deep leagues where you make it your business to know everything about you know the players that are you know the seven players that are healthy scratches every sure. week. You know, That's those awesome. players studying those players and uh, looking for people who might get opportunities. Also, remember Week 17 studs, also Willie Parker. Uh, last year was Tyrell Williams, actually, with an yeah. eight-yard touchdown against yeah. Denver. Arian so, Foster I, might have been a Week 17 uh, stud. Well, Arian Foster was supposed to be a Week 15 stud, and then he fumbled. That's and got what it was, and then he went the last two weeks was nuts, the last right? Two weeks. Yeah. But, then, but then we couldn't trust him. So. Yeah, no, but, yeah. but you're, it's a great point. Like, there are a lot, of, a lot of breakouts you can kind of uh, see hints of heading into, especially with teams out of it, whatever. So it's one of my favorite things to do, to really get deep uh, and, and see who might be coming up the pipeline. It's always a good time to turn the page and look ahead. Awesome, awesome stuff from Sigmund, as always, really uh, got into everything there. So, um, again, uh, this has been episode 16 of This Week in Fantasy as we previewed the Week 14 slate. Good luck to everybody out there who's got a playoff matchup this weekend or for those of you who are uh, still fighting to get into the dance. Uh, good luck to everybody. And, and then those DFS players as well who have, uh, like me, who have not had as a uh, as much luck in most of their season long, at least. Um, and uh, DFS, a nice way to have fun for the rest of the season. So good luck to everybody out there. Again, for Sigmund Bloom, this is James Seltzer with episode 16 of This Week in Fantasy.